This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy, cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. And I'm Rachel. And today we're going to be talking about a story that is based in Maryland that I've heard on a couple of other podcasts now. And it just broke my brain. And I could not (laughs) stop thinking about it. Like, even my husband loved it so much. He kept making us listen to all these different versions of it and was like, I have to hear. I have to hear how this goes. Um, But before we get into it, we are going to have our special guest of the week, which Madeline is going to go into for us really quick in the form of said Maraganja, which I insist on coining and she doesn't like it. (laughs) I never said I didn't like it. Um, Your eyes said it. (laughs) So this week I am smoking in the form of a vape cartridge um, pen, the strain Granddaddy Perp, a.k.a. GDP, as they the cool kids call it, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, This is an indica dominant strain. So it is, like I said last week, I would need, it helps with feelings of relaxation, sleepiness, euphoria. Um, It's about 15 to 19% THC. That's like average THC levels um, for any given strain, less than 1% CBD. So it's pretty low in CBD. And the top three terpenes um, that are present in this strain are myrcene, so that helps with um, feeling joyful and euphoric effects. Uh, It contributes to an overall feeling of relaxation. That's the main terpene in this strain. It's the main terpene you'll find in a lot of indica strains. Um, The next one is, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, caryophyllene. Uh, It's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and has antioxidant effects. Uh, It helps relieve pain, anxiety, and it's really good for treating seizures. And then the third most prevalent is pinene. This is a pretty common terpene. Um, It's anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, helps with, um, it's anti-tumor. Oh. um, So it's really good with uh, cancer-fighting properties. And uh, it's an antioxidant. I definitely think you're going to need every bit of the relaxation. (laughs) Anti-inflammatory. Yeah, you're going to need to anti-inflame your brain, your heart, and your soul. Yeah, the anxiety and pain for sure. Uh, This is definitely Granddaddy Perp. Uh, It's been around since 2003, I believe, that I read. um, And it was specifically um, created to be a really relaxing, soothing strain um, for anxiety relief so it's definitely ideal for consumers looking to combat stress insomnia appetite loss because this is gonna make you hungry (laughs) oh god (laughs) and muscle spasms so like lower back pain really good that's what i'll be using today don't need anything to make me hungry it's definitely um versus last week which was a sativa even though it was an edible edibles um they enter your bloodstream uh differently 
and takes longer because it's through oh, your digestive tract. it's like more track. even versus like a... Right. Instead of like being um, accepted through your lungs when you're inhaling, it's like through your... It goes through your stomach and all that like stuff. So it takes longer. So it takes an hour to kick in. Oh. Well, you're going to need this to kick in immediately for sure. Yes. It's okay. I've already been consuming it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, because this one's real beefy... She real thick, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of information. And believe it or not, this is the most pared down I could get it. I am just going to jump right in. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back to March 11th, 2011, which was a Saturday morning. Coincidentally, the woman's name is Rachel, like me. <laughs> and she arrived at the Lululemon store that she managed in Bethesda, Maryland. She arrived like a little bit before 8 a.m., um, and was surprised to find the door unlocked from the night before. So, AKA way too early for that shit. <laughs> yes. First thing in the morning. <laughs> 8 a.m.? No, no, no. No. Before 8 a.m. Not before 10. That's, she could have been there at 7.30. We don't know. So I close a lot where I work. And I can assure you, we check the doors like three or four times. It's not Who an doesn't? exaggeration. Yeah. Because you just, You're you You're locking know. your business. I yes. Mean, yes. And it's not your business. So your boss is coming for you if you yeah. don't lock up correctly. Well, you'll lose your job. Correctly. Correct. Not Correct. correctly. <laughs> I will correctly lose my job. Correctly. I won't do it incorrectly. <laughs> um, so much like the OCD person that I am, the manager that was closing the night before was named Jana Murray. Um, and she just simply wouldn't have left the store unlocked. So at this point, Rachel was immediately concerned. Jana was known as an overachiever, responsible, and just an all-around wonderful person. She was active and athletic and truly grabbed life by the horns. Um, she honestly sounded like the type of person I'd like to be, but never will. It's fine. It's an ideal. I'm not going to be athletic. So um, so just not the type of person to forget to lock up at night. Um, also, just like a side note, because... As I was researching this, I was just, you know, looking up pictures and stuff. And she was just so beautiful. Just one of those people that just was so charismatic looking just from a photo. And not that you're any less worthy if you don't come across as typically beautiful. But she just really was. And I noticed that about her. So so I guess Rachel felt safe enough to enter the store for a few reasons. I mean, I don't think we ever really think... That anything truly heinous. I would have noped the fuck out of there. <laughs> Just for Hard. it being unlocked. You were like, no, Hard. I'm no. good. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but you don't think that type of thing is going to happen to you. Like anything truly horrible. It's kind of something well, that I happens. I do. That's why we have a true crime doc- podcast. <laughs> not a documentary podcast. This is a documentary of sorts of our life <laughs> that we can't get of together. Trauma. <laughs> but the store was also located in a really busy shopping district and the Apple store that they shared a wall with was launching something new. So, you know, the sheep were all lined up outside for their new toys. Every six months. Yeah. Um, so just not the same vibe as like when I'm opening work and, you know, I work from sun up till sundown, mm-hmm. quite literally. So when I get there, I'm the first person there alone and it's dark and if a door were to be unlocked, like, I would definitely be super hesitant to go in just because I don't have yeah. any backup. For what, I'd be like, help! Yeah. Help! No one would come. Maybe the McDonald's employees next door. So, I don't know. That's speculation. But I feel like I would probably feel a little bit safer to attempt it if there was, like, a whole crowd of people outside. You know? Just a yeah. thought. Yeah. So... Yeah. As you might expect, or as at least what you would expect, she walked in and she did find the store completely in disarray with items thrown all over the place. The TV was broken, just completely ransacked. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, possibly she was assuming it was vandalism or robbery because she did continue to walk into the store um, up until the time that she saw a lot of blood and bloody footprints. That's and not funny, but like, really, that's the turning point for you <laughs> is when you see the blood? Not yeah, no, if I saw it ransacked, I would be out too, just because like, I don't know if they're still there. Right. Right, oh. that's what I'm saying. That could be in the bathroom. Heard you walk in or something. Yeah, you just don't know, like, when that happened. But also, I looked up these photos alone at 3 a.m. in the dark. Yes. And it was fucking horrific. Like, yeah. the amount of blood, I just... that I would That's it. I'm out. But <laughs> either way, she noticed at some point that she was standing in the blood. And at this point, I think she was, like nope nope I'm out she pulled an Arnold Schwarzenegger she was like hasta la vista baby I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge so much like that accused witch from our Salem episode she was like no Uh, so she runs back out into the safety of the crowd Um, I assume confused and terrified but my response to fear is to freeze until I die so good on her for Mm. at least getting out of there because I would have just stood there frozen until another employee arrived just, like, in the same exact spot with the blood on my feet. Just, like, nope, can't do it. So, at some point, after realizing something was wrong, a man named Ryan, I believe, did offer to help her. I don't know exactly what she said to him. Like, was she like, hey, there's fucking blood everywhere? Um, but for whatever reason, he does offer to go back inside and look around. You said and he worked there? No, he was just outside, like, in the mask. Trying to buy an iPhone. I guess. I, I don't know if he was there this to buy an iPhone or just like... literally trying to buy an iPhone and he's being asked yeah. to see if there's a dead body in this. But do you think she was like, oh, I think somebody broke in or was she like, there's a fucking sea of blood? Well, I wouldn't go in there. Someone <laughs> said there's a fucking sea of blood. Well, I'm trying blood. to determine how heroic he was. Like, did he know there was a sea of blood or not? That's I'm not question. sure. But he did Unclear. go back inside <laughs> and look around. Um, I want to believe that I'm a strong, independent woman um, and I don't need no man, but I would definitely feel safer having a guy go into the bloody dungeon first. But truly, I'd rather just have anybody I'll be behind go inside. Him, but, you know. but I would just call the cops. I mean, like the fuck is Ryan gonna do? Like now you have two people traipsing through a crime scene. Yeah, you're totally ruining the evidence. You do know a crime happened here. Like, there's no way. Look up the photos if you dare. There's. I'll post them on our Instagram. There's just no way. The only thing is if you think they're alive still, then obviously you need to go in and help them. But I mean, okay, that's fine. But unclear. They had, did they even see the bodies yet? No. No. So she hadn't seen any bodies yet. <sighs> so Ryan, who I dubbed Ryan the Awesome because it's the only way you would do this. <laughs> he does go into the store to find exactly what Rachel had seen. Um, but he does walk further into the back hallway and sees all of the blood. Um, and like I mentioned, there's zero exaggeration. The entire hallway was covered in blood, like mm. up the walls, like all over the floor. It reminded me of that scene in The Shining when like the blood just like <laughs> pours out of those like elevators or whatever. It almost makes you wonder how that was achieved. Yes. Like truly, how does a person have that I've much? I've seen Dexter. Blood matter <laughs> is very detailed. <laughs> yeah. The amount of force you have to like hit things with yeah. and like the swinging and stuff yeah. to get the blood splatter. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure some of the blood splatter was, like, six feet tall. Six feet high. So Violence. It was ridiculous. Um, but he sees all of that, every nook and cranny of the hallway, from what I could tell. And, like I had mentioned, like, 
a fucking distance all the way up the walls. Um, so he does come to a body that's face down in a pool of blood, as well as a woman in another room who was lying on her back with her arms outstretched over her head. She was covered in wounds on her arms, chest, and face. She was restrained with zip ties on her hands and ankles and had a slice or tear in the genital region of her pants. Um, presumably she had been assaulted, sexually assaulted. Um, so she was lying there in like this horrible compromising position, which I can't even imagine. Like just being a girl is so truly horrifying. The fact that the pants were sliced means that there was a knife. Like near your genitals. Correct. Yeah. I just. Aside from the other obvious. Like on top of being just like brutally assaulted and physically attacked. Like you also like your main concern is raping me while you're trying to fucking murder me. Right. Um, so thankfully Ryan did in fact have the sense to run out and tell Rachel like, yo, we got to call the police. This is beyond the scope of what to see if either of them were alive. No, not that I'm aware of from what I could tell. I think (laughs) that it was apparent. I think that it was kind of apparent that the woman that was zip tied might have been alive because she was face up. Whereas like the other woman was face down, like in blood, covered in blood. Like if there was a chance it was going to be for this other girl that was zip tied oh but the girl that was zip tied was stabbed is that what you said yeah she had wounds and stuff all over her but she wasn't like laying face down covered in blood like completely demolished like the other girl okay um so he tells rachel look we gotta call the police it's apparent that at least one person is deceased and another girl is if not dead in terrible shape so The Montgomery County police were called to the scene and the arriving officer, even with everything she has certainly seen in her career, was completely mortified with what went down in there. Um, Again, like the photos alone make me sick to my stomach. So I can't imagine like experiencing that with all of your senses, like smell and you know what I mean? Like when you're just looking at a photo, but you're like you're in an environment and you can hear things and smell things and feel them. First responders are greatly underappreciated. And that's everyone from the driver of the ambulance to obviously police to paramedics. You have to take calls like this. Yeah. From frantic people. Especially in 2020 with all the fucking Karens. Like, do you know how many Karen calls they have to get in a day where they're just like, for fuck's sake. Somebody needs to make a law where there's a $500 fine for your first offense. Making (laughs) an illegal 911 call. Because somebody is standing in a vicinity that you don't like. They should just be called Karen calls. If you make yes. a Karen call, you're being fined. It's the Karen law yes. for the Karen and call. And then you should be jailed after the third one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Fuck it. You should be jailed after time one. You know, we've had enough of your ass. Think about what you did over here in a prison cell, Karen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's trying to get people arrested, so they usually are. I, we, Sean and I were just talking about that today in the car because we'd watched like a video on Reddit or something. There's and always one. Surely. He was like, oh my God. Like, this 911 officer was like not having it because the lady just came out like hot off the presses and the officer was like do you have a question ma'am or like the officer didn't even know like the lady just she was going it was about a mask of course that's all act surprised uh, she was being discriminated against because she understands as a white me, I have this what printout means. from the internet that I downloaded from donaldtrump.com that tells me <laughs> I don't have to wear a mask in this establishment excuse me listen what are you gonna do okay but yes so So first responders are the real heroes and she had to come in mm. to some shit 
Um, so the officer does reach the dead body first, which was sadly confirmed to be that of Jana Murray. She was lying in a pool of her own blood, face down, with a bastion head and an insurmountable amount of other injuries. There were various tools across her body and surrounding her as if they had possibly fallen or been dropped, like, across her back. And upon further inspection, it was revealed that her pants and underwear had also been cut open. Um, which is just so frustrating to me when I hear these stories, um, like I said earlier, because it's just, you're just already in the worst fucking situation of your life, and someone's first thought is, gotta get this rape in, though. Like, there's just no other choice. Like, how do you even want to rape someone who's laying there covered in blood? But what do I know? As the wine and crime gals say, fucking patriarchy. (laughs) We're just females. Patriarchy. What do we know? Yeah, no, we don't know anything. Oh, God. Um, Jaina was sadly just 30 years old at the time of her death and was survived by her parents, her two brothers, and her long-distance boyfriend. And as horrific and as sad as it was that Jaina had lost her life, there was another victim who had managed to survive the vicious assault and was able to be helped. Um, So they did have to turn their attention to 28-year-old Brittany Norwood. She was one of nine children. Having mm. four brothers and four That's sisters. That's all you have to say about that. <laughs> Listen, so many. She was also very athletic and beautiful and was very successful in high school sports as well as college. She was very petite but obviously strong to have such a successful sports career. And her family was super close, so I can't imagine their relief that she was alive if they even knew at this point. I always wonder about stuff like that for families, like with social media and misinformation. Like, I just picture them watching the news, hearing about a murder at a store or a place that you know your loved one It has to happen all the time. Yeah, and you just don't know. Like, you just don't know at this point, so. Well, it seems like her body was in a pretty bad state. The other girl, not Brittany. I mean, both. Yeah, it was definitely different. It's going to take a while to identify that. Yeah, which we'll talk about later because there are definitely, you know, different approaches to Mm -hmm. each of their attacks. Um. Brittany was very, was known as being very concerned with her appearance. Um, She chose to spend her hard-earned money on appearances and things, and she always had to have the nicest stuff, despite working in retail, which I'm definitely not saying you can't make money in retail, but only that she chose to spend her money to keep up, like, a high standard of appearances and have the nice things that she wanted. Sure. Um, She was actually planning on switching careers and working as a personal trainer, which I think aligned better with her abilities as well as her budget. (laughs) um she had a lot (laughs) depends if you work at equinox or not probably yeah for sure yeah that's where the i think she had had an interview there because she had a friend at the gym can you just like imagine getting ready to fucking leave your job and then being brutally injured at your job just before you switch to go work somewhere else Mm -mm. i mean i can't imagine being brutally attacked regardless but i know any point in life it's just it always haunts me hearing about like, the decisions people made that led to such a heinous situation. Like, not that they're at fault, but, like, you know when you have, like, a bad breakup or something and you're like, Mm -hmm. I can track back the fucking bullshit choice I made to lead me to the situation. Oh, mm mm-hmm. Like... And then you reflect on it at night when you can't sleep. (laughs) Yeah, so you're just laying there, brutally attacked, bound, and you're like, I should have just fucking went to Equinox sooner. Yeah. It's just, that's what I think about. Yep. But anyway, circling back, um, Brittany was sent with a police officer to immediately get medical Mm -hmm. care... And 
Look, I know time is of the essence in these situations, but survivors just have it so bad in my opinion. Like you're mentally still recovering, being probed physically by doctors, and now you have an officer in your shit. Like, give me the details. Like, what are all the details? Everything. Yeah. I mean, there were cameras, presumably. Yeah. Well, there weren't any in the store. There weren't any in the store? There weren't any in the store. Which is this? Yeah. So, well, there were cameras elsewhere, but there weren't any in the store. And I just feel like I wouldn't want a single person to touch me, let alone, like, an entire fleet of people who are like, okay, okay, what happened? What happened? What happened? While you're presumably getting, like, rape kits, like, all these things happening to you. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. But knowing that the details were important, Brittany did pull herself together to give her account. Um, She said that she and Jaina had closed the store about half past nine or so and went their separate ways as normal. But soon after, Brittany realized that she'd forgotten her wallet at the store. And in most cases, she wouldn't care, but her Metro card was in there and she really needed it to get home. Um, Thankfully, she did realize it in time to call Jaina and ask her to let her back inside. Um, Mm -hmm. Jaina was the manager, so she had the keys and Brittany couldn't get back inside without her. And Jaina, being the saint that she is, agrees and goes in to help her look for her wallet. Great. Step one of the events that led to this utter bullshit the chain of regret Mm. as i like to call it yes there's yes um yeah i mean that's a decision we talked about earlier it's like it's getting late i'm sure jana like wanted to go home but they look around look around they can't find the wallet anywhere jane is helping her search and at this point jana is just like whatever i want to get in my car and go home i have a vehicle just take my metro card because she's an angel and I would have suggested that immediately and been like, find your wallet tomorrow. Yeah, I'm too tired and lazy for that bullshit. I would have been like, can I just give you a ride home? No. Like, I don't even care. that's truly what I would have said. I don't even care. But, I mean, this is it. This is the decision. They searched around. They couldn't find it. She offers her her Metro card because she has a vehicle and she's like, fuck it. So, of course, right as they're leaving, Brittany reports that they are completely bum-rushed by two men dressed fully in black with their faces completely covered. Because she couldn't see them through their disguise, all she could offer was that one was really, really tall and the other was really short. And based on some factors we'll get into, she believed them to be white. It all happened so fast and aggressively. Um, Allegedly, one of the men subdued Jaina by punching her in the head while the other dragged Brittany to the bathroom by her hair. Just being punched in the head, the idea of being punched in the head is like traumatic enough and that's just the beginning. (laughs) To just disorient someone and get the upper hand on them. Um, so as soon as he got Brittany to the bathroom, he started cutting her all over on her chest and arms, which was consistent with the wounds that were reported by Ryan to the police. Cutting with what? They do talk about the weddings, the weddings, guys. What? I swear I'm not the one partaking. (laughs) They talk about the weapons, um, but I know there was, like, some talk of box cutters and things like that. But she was just sliced up. Like, he was just going to town. Dude, just I get like... a paper cut and I literally am a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. This is how I die, for sure. This I'm going to bleed to death. They can really bleed, though, so. Yeah. Um, she also said that the men were screaming obscenities at them and calling them whores, which... Yeah, you want to rape Rub me, the but... the dirt in the wounds. I'm the you? whore, surely. Sure. Um... It was also reported that many racial slurs were thrown around, and honestly, they were too horrific for me to even feel comfortable repeating in this episode. Um, But the slurs allegedly continued as the assault happened and as the assailant sexually assaulted her on the bathroom floor, screaming at her the entire time. 
And this is all Brittany. Yes. So this is all from Brittany's account because Jaina was in another room. So mm-hmm. at this time, presumably, she couldn't really fully see what was happening That's to Jaina. So uh, not only was she raped by the assailant, but he also penetrated and raped her repeatedly with a wooden clothes hanger that he found at the scene. All the while screaming and slurs continued and she still had no line of sight on Jaina, but she could hear Jaina and reported that it was just blood curdling screams of pain. Um, But at this point she was kind of trapped in her own hell with her attacker and there was just a lot going on. At some point he made her go to the registers and give him the money that was in the registers um, I mean, this establishment was bordering other establishments, was it not? Oh, yes. And <clears throat> I assure you, we will discuss that <laughs> specific, very important detail. Um, so, you know, as all of this is going on, she said she could hear Jaina just fighting hard for her life. You know, just just really trying to defend herself and trying not to fucking die. Um Oh, that gives me such. Ugh, I just chills. can't imagine having to hear something like that and being so worried for my friend or my coworker, but also knowing like that's about to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I can hear my cat screaming. Oh, he's screaming. At the he's door. Screaming. Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah, my, he, <laughs> mm, he's screaming. My noise canceling headphones uh, were tuning it out a little bit better than yours. <laughs> he's literally screaming at me. It's because it is um three o four p.m. and that is his dinner in his mind. I can see his little shadow. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't calm down, we'll pause it and kick him it's out. It's um, This is life. But yeah, like, I can't imagine, like, yes, you're in fear for someone else, but you're like, oh my God, like, that's what's to come for me. Like, this is going to continue. And I would just black out. I'd probably die of fright. Like a heart attack. Even if I wasn't about to be murdered, like, they were going to let me go, I would die of fright. Yeah, like, Jane is a fighter. I'm a surrenderer. <laughs> I would just be like, this is how I die. Like, I just don't have that in me, but Jaina did, and Brittany said she was just... I mean, you never know until you're in this situation, but... Truly. And at some point, it's unclear, like, maybe while she was walking to the register what was going on, but she did eventually catch sight of what was going on, um, and she could just see this man just brutally beating her, and she could hear Jaina fighting and fighting and fighting, but ultimately, it would get quieter and quieter until she had lost her fight and died so we had to take a brief intermission because my cat felix would not (laughs) talk about a fight you refuse to fucking give up when this little bitch does not have enough kibble in his bowl like i literally had to also four (laughs) other bowls down there because you have four i had to scream at my husband to give his fat ass a snack because he just wouldn't stop in the middle of like the most important part of my story he was doing that to me the other night we live together yes <laughs> to be clear he was doing that to me the other night and then i had to use the restroom in the middle of the night and i came out and he was lying right outside of my door and i tripped over him and then he got really <laughs> mad at me and he started yelling at me. <laughs> he'll be like he does this meow when he's got an attitude and it's like a chirp meow and he'll be like <laughs> And he definitely, like, I can picture you tripping over him and him being like, meh, meh, meh. Like, you did something wrong. Yes, he's so fat. Okay. He's so fucking fat. But anyway, where we left off, um, Jaina was succumbing to her injuries yes. and was ultimately losing. Brittany is watching this happen. Yeah. So Brittany can see, like, this attack occurring and she just hears Jaina kind of 
losing her fight and ultimately presumably passing away. Mm. Sadly, though, with Jaina dead, the two men focused their efforts on Brittany, zip-tying her hands and feet and leaving her on the bathroom floor to die. She did black out until she was found the next morning. I mean, probably from exhaustion at this point. Like, your body... You ever do something, like, really stressful? Like, I don't know, meet your in-laws or hang out with them at all. And then you get home and you're like, I need to decompress and Netflix and show for 45 minutes. Yes. I feel like after an attack like that, you would just be so physically exhausted and relieved that they're gone, maybe, that yeah. you're just like, fuck Oh, your it. body would shut down instantly. Yeah. So she blacked out until the next morning. And I feel terrible, but putting myself in her shoes, I would just be so relieved that the luck of the draw gave me an assailant who, while horrific, ultimately didn't cause the bodily harm and fatal injuries that Jaina had received. Well, it just doesn't make sense that they'd kill one of them and not the other. Yeah, but I try to think, like, it's two people, like, you just don't know. And it's not really known at this point why Brittany was left alive, especially given the attackers had such racial hatred. You're literally yet... leaving a witness to the crime. Yeah. Well, To I give think any sort of The way she told it, I think they presumed that she was going to die. I'm just not 100% sure. But yet, even though... You don't ever just presume your victim is going to die. Oh, murderers are idiots. Oh, they... Wow. Mm-hmm. They're... Listen. They're <laughs> not getting any were. honors awards. <laughs> These were. They were idiots. Um, while Brittany was doing her best to give the officers her statement, she was really struggling, as you can imagine, just crying, terrified, and was repeatedly telling them how much blood there was. Like, I can't imagine the visceral shock to your system having to hear all those things and see them and you know survivor's guilt is real and she witnessed the most horrible acts one person can do to another and is now having to relive every detail over and over again for who knows how many people Mm -hmm. she was just visibly struggling to get through it but she did persevere again because she did know it was important she was struggling with the fact that she felt like it was her fault for forgetting her wallet she mentioned that more than once And also stated that she tried to help, but they wouldn't let her. And I'll be honest, I want to think I'm the type of person that would try to help. But I, like I said, I think I'd be frozen with fear. Yeah. But I can't imagine knowing that, like, my mistake. Well, how do you help? Yeah, like, what are you going to do? I don't know, though, because if it was you, you're my best friend. Like, if we're fucking going down, we're going down together. I mean, I wonder if the registers could be lifted up, because I would bash that over his head. Yeah. Easy. It's just, like... I don't know. When I'm watching horror movies, I'm like, I would get away with this. And I would. But it's probably like when you're in a dream and you're trying to run somewhere and it's like your foot is stuck in molasses. And you just can't move. (laughs) You just can't do anything. That's how I am, like, when I hear a scary noise in my house. So that's probably what would be happening to me. Um, But I just can't imagine knowing that, like, I shouldn't even say her mistake. Like, people leave their shit places it doesn't mean you're gonna die yeah um i've forgotten things at work before and had to go back in alone in the dark to get them and even that is like too much for me so i couldn't cope with knowing that everyday occurrences could just cost somebody their life yeah she also reportedly frequently asked how Jaina was doing um and was apparently unaware that she had actually died from her injuries at this time <clears throat> So, simultaneously while this is happening, an autopsy is being performed on Jaina by Dr. Mary Ripple. (sighs) When I was reading the notes about this, I got so nauseous. I don't even think the most experienced forensic pathologist would have been prepared for the atrocious discoveries that were made during her autopsy. 
it was reported that Jaina received hundreds of different wounds by multiple different weapons. Of those injuries, there were 232 blunt force injuries and 99 sharp force injuries. There were more than 100 wounds on her head alone, which was cracked in eight places, and Mm. her face was unrecognizable. Wow. There were 37 injuries to the back of her head, including a three and a half inch knife knife wound lower near like her neck. Three inches is so long. Yes. Like it's. It's like your whole index finger. Yeah, probably even more. I don't know, but it was kind of like at the base of her skull near her neck. Um, but it did penetrate her brain and ultimately kill her. And it was also reported that her spinal cord had been severed. The total injuries were counted as 331, not including any overlapping wounds that couldn't be clearly counted. The person counting these wounds, though. Like, can you even... I cannot... Well, I don't have the stomach for that. Which is the podcast that we listen to, Morbid, and one of the girls is like, she works for a morgue, maybe... I just autopsy. Yeah, she does. Maybe she does. I don't know if she does autopsies. I think so, though. I don't know. You'll have to check it out. I think their Facebook page or their Instagram, it says, like, what she does. But basically, I'm not capable. I have a hard time, like, killing spiders in my house, let alone, like, viewing actual <clears throat> dead bodies. No. <laughs> but out of all of these terrible injuries, 105 of them were labeled as defensive wounds which did align with Brittany's account that Jaina fought extremely hard until the very bitter end when she finally and mercifully died. The severity of her injuries and clear overkill make it more than apparent to officers that this was not an attack by a random stranger. This type of torture would only be inflicted by someone who knew Jaina and was obviously based in pure anger. It would also explain why they- Very personal. Yeah, super personal, which explains why the brunt of the assault was to Jaina and Brittany was ultimately spared. Um, because you have to be a monster to commit these acts of violence regardless. However, it, it's clear that Jaina was the target in this situation just because of the amount of It's just overkill. weird that they would do it at work. Yeah. Like, there's so many other opportunities to, like... Home. Yeah, to murder somebody. Yeah. But... Because it's clear that they knew her, like, maybe they knew there weren't cameras in the store. Like, you just never know or when you're going to get up the courage or, like, what the situation was. Trust Um, nobody. The forensic pathologist made a statement that she had never seen that many defensive wounds on any other victim she had ever examined. And keep in mind that Dr. Ripple has completed over 3,000 autopsies. She very sadly also confirmed what... We kind of already knew from Brittany's account, which was that Jaina was alive for almost all of her assault and fought so incredibly hard. She was able to determine this as well as the fact that the fatal wound was the one that penetrated her brain because all of her wounds bled and bruised. This could only occur like if your heart is pumping blood to your body to try to heal those wounds. That's what that is. Um, That is what that is. Yes. (laughs) It just, you know hearing the story researching the story putting this together like all the times i've heard it and i'm still not desensitized to the bullshit yeah no so like we mentioned there were a myriad of weapons used in Jaina's murder the official count is unknown but suspected to be somewhere between five and ten but they could confirm a couple of weapons for sure which was some box cutters i think a couple different kinds 
a hammer, a wrench. Like, they brought all these fucking tools No. No, these were all from the scene. So that's what we'll talk about, too. There was a metal mannequin pole, like, that, I guess, like, that supports a mannequin, and a metal rod that you use to grab clothes from, like, the higher shelves. And then a razor and a rope, which they found that on her neck. So that one was, like, a given. Um... So as you can all but imagine, the people in the town were terrified. I mean, there's two men clearly harboring a lot of hatred and just running free after a brutal attack and murder. The officers assigned to the case are doing the best they can to quell these fears and resolve this as soon as possible. They get a ton of tips, but sadly, I mean, that can almost be worse. Because if you think about it, you have an entire town of people on edge probably calling in every little sound they hear. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel Tenson. bogged down the investigation. I could not make a word to save my life just then. I definitely said it's Rachel okay. Tensons. <laughs> Racial tensions are super high because they clearly suffer from extreme prejudice and it's just a hot ass mess. Like you have these racists running around raping and murdering women. Like who knows where the mayhem is going to end and they're, they clearly have no like moral compass. Yeah. So, at this point, like, the investigation's getting underway. They're like, we gotta figure it out. Um, And they decide, we're gonna start with the Apple Store. They have cameras. They're hoping that they can get a little insight as to what went down. They share a wall. that literally shares a wall. Yes. (laughs) And if these men were as loud and as violent as it seems, I mean, this would be the best place to start. So, they just start with the security cameras, and they do exactly what they hoped. They show two men leaving the scene, and the timing lines up. Done deal. Seems pretty cut and dry. They're ready to rock and roll. The camera camera angle alone can't confirm that they're leaving the Lululemon store, but their description matches Brittany's statement and the timing is perfect. So say hello to the prime suspects. Um, Keep in mind that the town is demanding answers and they really want this to be over. I mean, presumably these men are in masks. In the camera? Yeah. I, they had like some, it was... It looked like Facial they had covering. something on that could have been pulled down to cover their face. But it wasn't covered? Not in the video, but it was, like, kind of the back of them. Oh. So, like, it wasn't super clear. Um, and, you know, the cops want to be able to tell people that these monsters are off the street. Um, while they do have a great lead, they don't know exactly who they are. Because, as we know, our phones can literally predict what ads to give us. Yet security cameras haven't been upgraded since their creation. So well, Wait, what year is this again? 2011. 2011 a security camera today they'll show you the blurriest ass picture and be like this person kidnapped a child and you're like what person that also most stores have like three to seven day windows where they're recording and then it re rewrites i struggled to say that word (laughs) rewrites over so like a race is the last seven so you can only like investigate something using internal store cctv for seven days or it's going to be erased and re-recorded over at this point i'm not surprised like the just whatever the security systems we have in place i mean the lululemon store didn't even have security so they have this they're like just asking for trouble we're gonna go for this right now um because they don't really know who they are their best option is like a good old-fashioned stakeout because presumably these guys knew Jaina. Maybe they'll get lucky and they knew her from the store. So maybe they'll be back or they frequent that area. Um, it is a viable option, you know. So they're like, we're going to try it. Um, so lo and behold, they show the fuck up. Here they are. Stake out. Here come the guys. 
So the investigator investigator wastes no time. He addresses them directly with the photos from the security camera. And immediately they're like, yeah, that's us. We're busboys at this restaurant over here and we were walking home. And sadly for the town, their alibi does check out and they're cleared. So just pure coincidence. And the investigation's back to zero. Like, that's it. They're not involved. That is so depressing. (laughs) It truly is. Especially when... I'm a person who, like, believes in signs, and I'm like, oh, my God, that lines up. It's going to be perfect. They're going the fuck down. It never is. What it seems. Yeah. Truly. So, eventually, they do get a viable tip about a homeless man with a violent history who has ties to the area. Later in the story, we'll talk more about, like, what made him viable. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a usual hangout spot where witnesses see him literally every night. However, the night of the murder, he wasn't there coincidentally yes i was telling maddie earlier i watched this girl on youtube named bailey sarian and she does murder (laughs) mystery makeup monday and she does her makeup while she tells true crime stories and Mm -hmm. she always says suspish and i just want to say it's so bad but it's her catchphrase (laughs) so i'm trying really hard not to say it but she originated it it. not i (laughs) and you should watch her show because she's great the um, investigators are able to conclude through eyewitness statements that this man was seen with another man the night of the murder. Um, so much like, le- guys, <laughs> I'm fucking struggling. Uh, much like the last suspects, a lot of this is falling into place. This has to be it. Like, it can't happen twice. Mm-hmm. It's eventually determined that the homeless man has checked himself into the hospital covered in blood and pretty out of his head. They're like, great. Let's get him. They go right to the hospital. But sadly, when they arrive, they quickly determine he just couldn't have been the guy. He wasn't really that bloody, like what you would expect for the shit I saw. Brutal. Yeah, like it just did not line up. And he just did not have the mental wherewithal Mm -mm. to have like gotten orchestrated. First of all, a break in, because it was a break in first. Yeah. They were there looking for the wallet. Yeah, it just was really bizarre. So it just, it sadly just like, it wasn't enough. And they were like, it just couldn't have been him. These assailants to have gotten these two girls in this position. Like this guy mm-hmm. is just like drugged out over here trying to live his life. <laughs> but at this point, they're getting really frustrated. They have multiple leads that have not checked out. They have no answers to ease the community. I mean, as we know as a nation, people can be really horrible when they're living in fear Uh, So they just really need to button this up because you have a bunch of people just like terrified that, you know, God forbid they see a tall guy and a short guy walking around like who knows what they'll do (laughs) if they think this guy's going to like these guys are going to break in and murder them. Yeah. Mass hysteria. Yeah. So at this point, investigators, they're getting desperate and they're like, you know what? Let's go back to the Apple store. The cameras didn't really give them what they needed. But like I mentioned before, they were open at the time of the murder and shared a fucking wall. (laughs) And trigger warning, these assholes should all be charged in her murder, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And let me just tell you about it. Because apparently they were there. Yeah. Oh, they were there. And, you know, Brittany's telling them, like, these people are screaming racial slurs and things at us. Like, I could hear my cat in the next room. Like, you mean to tell me you can't hear a brutal attack? Yeah. So, sadly... Apple Store Surveillance confirms that a few employees were, in fact, working during the murder of Jana Murray and the rape and assault of Brittany Norwood. 
The employees included a manager, a sales rep, and a security guard who all stated that during the time of the murder, they heard a struggle coming from the store via the wall that they shared. They decided that they would ignore it. They can literally, you can Google it right now, can literally be seen listening through the wall and doing jack shit. They may as well have grabbed some fucking kettle corn and a fresh Coca-Cola and sat down for the movie. That's it's how little interest they had. atrocious. It's atrocious. One of the employees was quoted saying that she heard See some... something, say something. Yes. Are these people, have they never been to New York? It's posted <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Literally say something. And I'll talk uh, about that too. You don't even have to get involved. You just have to call the police. That's the thing is it's like not a situation. You like have you to have a involved. fucking security guard. He probably didn't have a real gun let's be honest but but even so call nine like literally yes. collectively get up and leave walk to your car mediary between and call nine people and the police call the call the police no so call one someone. of the, the employees like the sales rep or whatever said that she heard some thuds and grunting and it sounded like something heavy was being hit or dragged some thudding some grunting some kind of high-pitched squealing yelping female voice like hysterical sounds that was a quote. And just to be clear, her response was to get her manager, who stated that he heard agonizing breathing, like when you can't breathe, as well as a forced exhale. So pretty specific death and struggle sounds, and they elected to ignore it despite having a fucking security guard right there. And their cell phones, because you work at fucking Apple. You could literally call from any of the phones in the store, and they would never know who made the call. Yeah. I hate these people. Except you're on camera, you fucking idiots. <sighs> My mother-in-law always says, don't hate, say hate or shut up, but I fucking hate them. They suck. I hate them. They suck. So it was They have also... to live with that for the rest of their lives, though. And... Oh, yes. And later, like, well, I don't want to, we'll get there. Yes. But yes, you do. Because presumably, if you would have said something, she might still be alive. She definitely would have been alive. Yeah, because she didn't die until wound I mean, 672. All right, all right. That's, it's a stretch to say she definitely would have been alive because she 300 been. wounds is a lot of wounds. But, okay. But, uh, if they're hearing this the entire time it's happening, yeah, it would have been You've probably preventable early on in the attack. Yeah, like they don't know at this point, like, where the attack has started or as where As soon as they heard is. anything questionable like that, they probably should have just called the police. Yes, truly. It was also reported by one of the employees that a woman's voice was heard saying, talk to me, don't do this, talk to me. Clearly saying don't do this and you think that she's not in terrible trouble. So eventually they hear what they believe to be the same voice saying, God help me, please help me. It was followed by panting sounds. And at this point, all I can picture is this disgusting man breathing heavily over her body and I want to literally fucking vomit. Yeah. So the investigators aren't having it and flat out ask the manager, like, why the fuck didn't you call the police? Like we said, calling them doesn't put you at risk. You dial three fucking numbers. They could have called and said nothing. I think a police officer would have showed up. But. That's true, actually. Whatever. Well, they'll call you back. The manager was quoted saying that he felt as though it was some girl on girl drama. Which, if that's not the most chauvinist shit I ever heard in my fucking life. First of all, girls murder girls all the time. Like, girl-on-girl drama. Do you think girl-on-girl can't escalate? Like, you ever see a girl fight at, like, a fucking bar? That's the scariest shit I've ever seen. You get a girl in her pack, you're going the fuck down. Going down. So, listen, I've had a girl my whole ass life, and I ain't never experienced that degree of female-to-female drama, but what the fuck do I know? 
Cool. I'm also an introvert, so. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I just, I don't want to fucking hear it from them. Like, there's just, there's no excuse I can make in this podcast for their behavior. You know what the fuck you did. So, as you know, like, investigations have multiple parties working, different angles, and all of this is happening within the first few hours and days of the attack. So, while the story is long and kind of I'm finding these places to pinpoint it, like, everything's happening at once. Oh, yeah. So, simultaneously, forensics finds a pair of size 14 men's shoes hidden on a shelf in the store. And oddly, while they had blood on them, the bottoms were cleaned off and they were fucking hidden. How do you clean off the bottom of shoes? I guess They're like... ridgy. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you clean them off right when it's fresh, you just rinse them. I don't know, because I'm not an expert in cleaning up fucking crime scenes, in murdering but... murdering people. They were compared and determined to be an exact match to the shoe prints at the scene. And I think this is the first time that the police were like, pump the brakes. What the fuck? Like, there's no rational explanation as to why a murderer would clean his shoes and leave them there. And with the Clearly Lululemon blood, doesn't sell fucking Nikes. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I also feel like you would see another pair of prints from, like, what he left in or, like, some drag marks from, like, his socks you would or get his bare actual feet. Foot, yeah, his yeah. footprint. And, like, it's all happening kind of parallel. So I think simultaneously this is why, like, that homeless guy was looking pretty good because they were like, well, maybe he, like, carried his shoes or, like, was stealing mm-hmm. some shoes. So... That wasn't happening, like, over here. It was, like, kind of all at the same time. And they were like, okay, well, maybe this could fit, but they're also ruling him out. And it was just kind of, like, all at once. Mm -hmm. So it seems like we're like, oh, no, he's already been ruled out. But at the time they found these shoes, I don't believe he had been ruled out yet. Hmm. So at this point, the lead investigator's like, okay, like, dead end after dead end, let's just circle back to Brittany because... Maybe now she'll have had a moment to, like, catch her breath, offer some additional insights. Like, you're not fresh off the presses with trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, she had actually already been discharged 24 hours after the attack since medically her wounds were classified as superficial. Which just means that they weren't concerned about her having any issues with being, like, out of the doctor's care. Um, even one large wound that she had, like, across her forehead was still labeled as superficial, but it did require, like, sutures. That's um, suspicious. Mm. It is a little Mm. suspicious. (laughs) So none of her wounds were more than skin deep and never penetrated the muscle. And at this point, it was, like, odd. But, like, she had a different attacker, so maybe he didn't have the stomach for what had been done to Gina. Like, they're like, okay, that's weird, but, like, can be explained at this time. As they had hoped, she was able to bring up a few more details than what she had previously disclosed. Um... In my opinion, it's unlikely that she forgot these details, but maybe she'd been too ashamed to, like, say, because she did state that at one point her attacker threw her onto Jaina's body and told her that the only reason she was not in the same position is because, quote, she was more fun to fuck, which is disgusting. Mm. Um, She was reported as being, like, just as distraught as with her first statement and had a hard time getting everything out. But otherwise, her story was completely consistent and nothing else had changed from, like, her original statement. They did ask her about those shoes, though, because I do think at this point, like, that homeless guy had been ruled out. Um, And she told them they were from the store. So I guess they had, like, a few men's items there. Um, But that stood out as especially bizarre because even if you brought nothing else to a crime scene, like, surely you, you would bring your own fucking shoes. And furthermore, why were they clean and put on a shelf? 
So wait, did I miss something? Were they from sold in the store? Yeah, just then. So when they asked oh, her about right, them, so she... I did miss. <laughs> I was zoning okay. out. It's the indica. We <laughs> doing the Salem episode, you were like, they brought in an outside guy, and I was like, wait, did he live in Salem? And you were like, no, no, he is an outsider. He's guy. an outsider. <laughs> it's fine. Look, we're okay, doing yes. our best here. Understood. Okay, Understood. it's hot as hell in this room. My brain cells are being fried. Yeah, but like, why wouldn't they have shoes coming into it? Right. Well, that's what they're saying. Like, at this point, it's just not, not making sense. Up. But you have to remember that this is all happening at one time. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, they're speaking to her 24 hours later, which means this is in the first 24 hours that they're, like, doing all this mm-hmm. shit. The first 48. Yeah. Oh, my God. That show's so fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, at this point, though, one of the investigators in particular just could not rectify some of the discrepancies that were coming to light. It was clearly a super personal crime, yet their attackers didn't bring weapons. They only used what was available at the store, even the coat hanger that was presumably used to assault Brittany. Mm. Furthermore, the zip ties that were used to restrain her were on one of the shelves. So it's a big risk to attack two strong, athletic women, not bring any sort of weapon or restraint, even Mm -hmm. for two grown men. They didn't even have a gun? No. They had, no, no, no. They just used what they found at the scene. And it also really bothered him that while there was so much... I don't understand how it would escalate then. Right. With no gun. I would run out the door. This is it. I'm going to do it. I would leave. I would run away. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's just a big risk because even if you're stronger than them, like, it's a big risk to subdue two women. And that's why the investigator's like, I don't know. Um, But again, his other thing was that, you know, Brittany said that this guy that attacked her had a lot of racial hatred but yet, her injuries were completely superficial, and Jane's overkill. Thing, though. You know, Racists that's like a, are usually way more violent. Right, and you'd think then the assault would be worse on Brittany, because yeah. you clearly have this hatred that you're brewing. Because she didn't ever say that there was another verbal reason for this attack happening. Correct. The only reason she gave is that they were, like, basically, like, women shaming them, right. and then some racial things. Right. I think there's a book written about this, and I'm probably going to butcher... I think it's called The Yoga Shop Killing. But mm. from my understanding, that it goes into a lot more detail about the things that she said that they said. But I just mm-hmm. had no interest. Like, you said terrible things. I don't need to know anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> so, I think, though, we can all agree that the most ridiculous and suspicious detail is these shoes. Like, yeah, what? that's weird. There's just no reason they would take off their shoes and clean also, them. Also, there's two men... One pair of shoes. Oh, I thought about that, too. I was like, why is there only one pair of footprints? And uh, I was like, why did no one think of this? But again, this is all happening at once. And Wait, there's only one pa- pair There's only, footprints? like, well, if you look at the scenes, like, you can see what I assume are these big-ass footprints. And then you can see some, like, smaller footprints that I think were Britney's from when they, like, she was saying she was taken to the register. But, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you just wouldn't leave them. You just wouldn't. Like, you already left your shoe prints all over the store. Yeah, you take the evidence. Yeah. At this point, it just doesn't make sense, but it's not really leading anywhere either. Because it just... confusing. Yeah. So, I think he just knew in his gut something wasn't right, even if he couldn't put his finger on it. But, ultimately, the discrepancy was enough that it planted a huge seed of doubt, and that doubt was directed right at Brittany Norwood. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I think at this point, we are probably going to end the episode. Don't hate us. Listen, we're going to film it all at once because that's just how it's going to be. But it's 54 minutes already. Yeah. Just to be kind to you. And we're going to release it 
one day after each other so you don't have to yeah. wait so you don't have to google and look ahead you can just wait a mere 24 hours and you'll get the other half and clearly i gotta feed my fucking cat because you know yeah he's hungry you know he ain't playing but thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon Bye.